Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Indians 3, the Chicago White Sox 2. The Indians do it again in the ninth inning this time. Another walk-off home run for the Tribe. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And the Indians have been doing something special this week. I told you, I told you they had a chance to shake up this American League Central, and that's exactly what they've done. Minnesota is also on a four-game win streak. They took two from the Detroit Tigers this week in a short series. So they move into first place yesterday. The Chicago White Sox drop back to second. The Indians are right on their heels in third place. The White Sox are a half game back of Minnesota, and the Indians are two and a half back. So both teams have a chance to climb a half game on the Twins tonight because the Twins have another off day. For some reason, it was a two-game series. So with four games left in the season, uh, the two central divisions, the American League Central and the National League Central, are the two divisions left that do not have a division winner right now. The uh, St. Louis and Cincinnati are both three and a half back of the Cubs. So it would take a miracle, but in theory, they are still in striking distance of the Cubs. So how did it all go down? Let's take a look. Let's dive into this game. It was a pitcher's duel, and we knew it was going to be a pitcher's duel. Starting for the Indians was our ace, Shane Bieber. Starting for the White Sox was their ace, Lucas Giolito. Fun fact, by the way, if you think I'm a big baseball fan, you should see how big of a Seinfeld fan I am. I can't believe Hammy dropped this fact during the game yesterday. But apparently, Giolito's parents and grandparents are all actors. They've been on soaps. They've been on shows. They've been on, I think, Jake and the Fat Man. I think his parent, his dad was on or something like that. His grandpa was on Seinfeld. His grandpa played Susan's father on Seinfeld. So if you're a fan of episodes like The Cheever Letters or The Marble Rye, Rusty the Horse, that's Lucas Giolito's grandpa who plays Susan's father on Seinfeld. That's pretty cool. That that definitely uh, be a fun little thing growing up, knowing your dad, your grandpa was an actor on Seinfeld. So, uh, will Lucas Giolito turn to acting at some point in his life? That that'll be something we'll keep an eye on. So, how did it all go down? Let's get into this game because it's mostly pitching and defense. Um, there are were a lot of strikeouts yesterday. The White Sox hitter struck out 16 times. The Indians hitter struck out 14 times. There are a lot of crooked numbers there for the bottom of the order for both teams. Listen to this. The White Sox, they're uh, six, seven, and eight hitters. McCann, Robert, Robert Robert, and Angle. I, know, I, I swear in his press conference, he said he prefers his name to be pronounced Robert. I swear that's what he said in his press conference, but every announcer calls him Robert. It just, it sounds so weird. Anyways, McCann, Robert, and Angle. McCann struck out four times. Robert struck out three times. Angle struck out three times. For the Indians, they're uh, five, six, seven, and eight hitters. Fermil Reyes struck out three times. Naquin struck out three times. Luplo struck out three times. Prez only twice. So, 
lots of crooked numbers there towards the bottom of the lineup. So how does Shane Bieber start the game? His final start of 2020 strikes out Tim Anderson. Strikes him out looking, I believe, with a fastball. I think he threw that fastball a lot for strikeouts. And we will look at the pitch breakdown because it's very interesting for Bieber and McKenzie and for Giolito. All right. He uh, he walks Jose Abreu in the first. Let's not mess with him. And then Eloy Jimenez grounds out a nice, easy first for Shane Bieber. The Indians in the first. Man, We've got a hit into some weird double plays this season. Lindor walks to start, which was a really good sign. He walks to lead off. Anytime your leadoff guy can get on base in the first inning, that just makes you feel good, warm and fuzzy all over. Cesar Hernandez pops out, and then Jose Ramirez hits a sharp, sharp ground ball down the first baseline. Jose Abreu makes a twisting, diving stop to catch the ball is able to swing his foot around on his knee and tag the base and then throws to second and they tag out Francisco Lindor, who, because of base running, was just hung out to dry. You know, nothing uh, nothing Lindor could do about that one. So great defense. I'm talking great defense by Jose Abreu. Gets Lucas Giolito out of a, I wouldn't say a jam in the first, but gets him out of the first inning. Uh, a lot of different first basemen. That ball is down the line, and the Indians have runners on second and third. After walking Encarnacion to start the second, Shane Bieber strikes out the side. It's no Zach Plesac immaculate inning, but he strikes out McCann looking. He gets Robert swinging, and he gets Angle swinging. And like I said, those guys struck out a lot. It, man, Shane Bieber was really cooking. I mean, he in only... In only five innings, because they did work the count against him, he had 10 strikeouts in five innings. That is that is insane. That is, that is so dominant. And again, we'll look at where his pitches ended up, but that is what a, what a start for Shane Bieber. All right. Are the Indians going to do anything, though, to support this? You know, is the offense going to pick up Shane Bieber at all? Well, Carlos Santana has his back. I mean, Carlos Santana is having a weird season because he's contributing a lot, but he's also hitting below 200. It's a bizarre season, but Santana, down in the count, gets a fastball in, and uh, Giolito would learn from this later in the game. Gets a fastball in and crushes it. A big fly home run out to right field. His seventh home run on the season puts the Indians up 1-0. How would Giolito respond? He would then strike out the side. He gets Vermeil Reyes looking, Tyler Naquin looking, and then Luplo swinging. Luplo was in there against a right-handed pitcher. I I don't get it. I don't, don't start Luplo against righties. Just don't. I mean, it's he's hitting terrible against righties. The numbers back this up. The experiment has failed. Luplo should hit against lefties. If they start him in the playoffs against a right-handed pitcher, I will be pissed. And we will see later in this game how effective he can be against lefties. All right, it would stay close like this for a while here. The Indians would get a rally in the third, but Giolito would get out of it. Perez would single. Mercado strikes out. Lindor singles. Cesar Hernandez grounds into a four-sap, but Perez goes to third. Cesar Hernandez beats it out. He's safe at first because Tim Anderson had a slight bobble. Just the tiniest of bobbles allows Cesar Hernandez to beat out the double play. 
Jose Ramirez walks. Carlos Santana comes up with the bases loaded. We have a chance to add on Santana, who just got him last inning. Instead, he goes down swinging to a slider, and he whiffed. I mean, when you talk about whiffs, he whiffed. So, like I said, Giolito learned his lesson. He was not going to give him another fastball. He gets him with a slider. Top of the fourth inning. Tell me if you've heard this story before. The Indians are up 1-0, and then Jose Abreu scores a run to tie the game up. Oh, yeah, because that's the exact same thing that happened two nights ago. So this time, Jose Abreu reaches on a fielding error by Ramirez. I feel like he's been racking up the errors in the last few days. But we'll take a look at the last few days and see that we have nothing to complain about with Jose Ramirez. Eloy Jimenez then doubles on a line drive to left. Abreu goes into third. And then Edwin Encarnacion grounds to Lindor. Lindor thought about coming home. He looked at it. In a video game, you probably could have gone home and got the out. But this is real life, and a lot of things have to happen right. He probably wouldn't have gotten Jose Abreu, so he does the smart thing, turns, gets Encarnacion at first base. So the White Sox tie it up 1-1. Once again, it's Jose Abreu creating, creating runs, RBIs. This guy is all over it when the White Sox are scoring. McCann would then strike out with a runner on third base, less than two outs. That's huge. That's huge from Shane Bieber. And then Robert would strike out on a foul tip. So he's got a runner on third, one out, and he gets two strikeouts to get out of it. Man, fourth inning, Lucas Giolito strikes out the side again. Again, it's Fermil Reyes, Tyler Naquin, and Luplo all go down swinging. Damn, Giolito was on yesterday. Did I say this already? Giolito in six innings had 11 strikeouts. I mean, you are talking two aces. You're talking two of the best pitchers in the American League facing off against each other. Things got dicey for Bieber in the fifth, and he gets Angle to strike out. Madrigal singles on a ball to center. Tim Anderson strikes out swinging. Shane Bieber in this inning, though, throws two wild pitches. Now, they're called wild pitches, but what they really were were they were curveballs. It was his knuckle curve that he was throwing down in the dirt, and Roberto Perez was doing everything in his power to block these balls. It was it was impressive, actually, watching Perez bounce around and keep these balls in front of him. However, every time one of these was in the dirt like this, it allowed Magical to move up. He's a quick guy, and he's able to move up. I Actually, I think the second wild pitch actually went all the way to the backstop. It got past Perez and allowed him to move up to third. He walks Moncada, so things are looking really sticky here. Jose Abreu is up. It's two outs, but there's runners on first and third, and we know what Jose Abreu can do. We know the kind of damage he could do. I think he actually started this at bat with a cutter. I think he threw him two cutters, and he got lucky on the second one because the second one had way too much of the plate. But that's a that's a good approach against Jose Abreu because, I mean, when you're up there against Shane Bieber, you're thinking curve and you're thinking fastball. That's sharp, 93, 94-mile-per-hour fastball. So to give him just a little bit of a different look, spin it just a little bit differently, throw him off a little bit to start the at-bat, and then he would eventually go chasing and strike out swinging, I believe, to the knuckle curve, and he gets out of the jam there. All right, McKenzie would come in to pitch then. Tristan McKenzie coming out of the bullpen, and we were worried about his velocity his last start, right? He was throwing some fastballs that were like 89 miles per hour. You know, we were really worried about his velocity. Was something wrong? They said nothing was wrong. He said physically he's fine. He's not hurting. They said it was more of a pacing thing. He was trying to pace himself. 
Well, he comes in yesterday and he throws gas. He gets Aloy Jimenez to strike out swinging. His velocity yesterday, his four-seam fastball was averaging 93.9, so basically 94 miles per hour, a max of 95. So that is exactly, exactly where we want to see his fastball. Meanwhile, he threw a slider a lot yesterday and actually stayed away from his curveball. Uh, Through the slider at 87 and the curve at 80, that's a good mix of speeds right there. That's throwing three distinct speeds and keeping hitters off balance. He would give up a single to Encarnacion, but he would strike out McCann and get Robert to fly out to center. Nice relief appearance from Tristan McKenzie. I thought he might only go one inning. Instead, they actually let him stay out there and go two innings. So that is big to see. You know, that's something we're going to see in the playoffs. To stack Tristan McKenzie on top of a Shane Bieber start in the playoffs is going to be vicious. All right, the Indians would add on in the sixth. Giolito would stay out there in the sixth. He threw a lot of pitches yesterday. He threw 119 pitches to try to keep the White Sox in this thing. And it would turn out to hurt him because uh, he gets to Hernandez. He'd walk Jose Ramirez. Base is empty. No big deal. You know, walk Jose Ramirez, bring up Santana. Well, Santana would double on a bizarre shift double. Man, I love when these guys beat the shift. So this is a situation where Santana just kind of threw his bat at one. They were shifted way over to the right side for him, and it just dribbles past third base. I mean, in a normal alignment, this thing's an easy out. But with no third baseman there, this thing just dribbles into left field, and Jose Ramirez is able to go all the way to third, and Santana is able to go all the way to second. So a bizarre double for Santana. And then Fermil Reyes is in a battle. I mean, uh, not Robert. uh, Giolito has him on the ropes. I literally, I mean, if this were a boxing match, he had him on the ropes. And Fermil Reyes gets a high fastball, and he's just able to get his shoulders up there, get his bat up there, and hit a big fly ball out to Robert in center field. It's an easy fly ball, but with a run around third, it gets the job done. Jose Ramirez comes in to score. Even if Fermil Reyes isn't hitting the cover off the ball, even if he isn't crushing home runs, you know, being the hero, being able to do this, because he's comes up with runners on base a lot. When you're the fourth or the fifth hitter, you are going to come up with runners in scoring position. So to be able to get a sack fly in this situation, salvage the situation, and put the, the game go-ahead run up on the board for the Indians, make it 2-1 Indians, that is going to be huge in the playoffs. Tristan McKenzie would have an easy seventh inning, a strikeout, a ground out, and then another soft ground out. Man, that is really cool. That is really good to see from Tristan McKenzie. That uh, you know, the role didn't bother him. You know, sometimes a starter coming out of the pen it affects their mentality. They don't get to warm up the same. You know, how is he going to respond to this? He responded by dominating the White Sox. So if we can see that from him, it'll be interesting to see if they use him tonight. Would they consider using Tristan McKenzie back to back, or are they going to give him a day off? Um, I know the White Sox have been testing some of their young guys to see if they can go two days in a row. Well, that's exactly what happens because uh, Crochet comes in, and that's the dude that throws 100 miles per hour, and we had no chance. Struck out Luplo, struck out Perez. He did get Mercado to fly out to center. That dude is dominant, and he was throwing strikes last night too. He threw in his one inning, Crochet threw 15 pitches, nine were strikes. So he it wasn't missing. He wasn't wild. I feel like he was a little bit wilder the night before. That guy is going to be problems for somebody in the playoffs, and he's going to be problems for the Indians for a long time because he is a rookie. He was just called up. 
Karinchek comes in. Karinchek gets into some trouble. He gives up a triple to Johan Mankata to start the inning. Oof, that is rough. And then Jose Abreu comes up. Of course, of course, Jose Abreu gets a sack fly to center, brings it home Mankata. Jose Abreu, man, when the runs are being scored, it's all Jose Abreu is all over it. He's always around. He would then, uh, Karinchek would get out of it. He would strike out Jimenez. Encarnacion reaches on a really bad throwing error by Cesar Hernandez. Uh, he was shifted in the shift. He was in more of a shortstop position. And wow, he did not look comfortable throwing the ball from that position. I don't think in an emergency situation, Cesar Hernandez is ever going to play shortstop. And But then he gets McCann to strike out swinging. So uh, one bad hit, basically. One bad hit for Karinchek. The run comes in to score. It makes it 2-2. I know he's pissed at himself. That he uh, that he gives up the tying run here in the eighth inning, that he can't hold the game, but it's still good to see him striking guys out. We we definitely are going to need Karinchek in those eighth innings. The Indians in the bottom of the eighth. Hewer comes in to pitch for the White Sox, and once again it's Jose Abreu making another diving spinning stop. This time off Cesar Hernandez. More Gold Glove defense from Jose Abreu, and he gets the second out of that inning. We do get a little bit of a threat going because Ramirez reaches on a fielding error by uh, second baseman Madrigal. Santana walks, but Fermil Reyes is called out on strikes. He cannot come through in the eighth inning. He has a chance to put another go-ahead run across. Can't do it. Strikes out swinging. All right, they bring Brad Hand in to pitch the ninth. I mean, being the home team, you're not going to get a chance for a save situation. It's going to be a walk-off situation from here, so you might as well use Brad Hand in the ninth inning. He has a good ninth inning. He gets Robert to strike out, looking, and then one of the best bang-bang plays you will ever see in a baseball game. This this play is never going to make a highlight reel, but I feel like everybody who's an Indians fan needs to see this play. Lindor, this is a new stat. We got, you know, exit velocities. We've got the speed of base runners, right? I want to see a stat cast stat for the speed of getting rid of a ball, how quickly an infielder gets a ball and gets rid of it because Francisco Lindor probably had the fastest release of any infielder in baseball this year. He gets a ground ball to his right side and angle, like we said, can run and Lindor releases this ball so freaking fast. It barely, barely is in his hand and it's a bang-bang play at first base. Originally, angle is called safe. They review it, and I'm telling you, you would have to go frame by frame. You would have to slow it frame by frame to see whether angle is out or safe on this one. But they do. The crew in New York calls them out. The call is overturned. The Indians win the challenge. And then Magical grounds out to end the ninth for the White Sox. In the ninth inning for the Indians, Delino to Shields pinch hits. For Tyler Naquin. That's how bad Tyler Naquin is scuffling right now. That they're pinch hitting Delino to Shields. Because a lefty Gio Gonzalez had come out of the bullpen. That's right. Gio Gonzalez. Long, long time starter. Gio Gonzalez is coming in for relief for the White Sox. Delino to Shields grounds out unfortunately to start the inning. But then Jordan Luplo gets a 3-0 count. Jordan Luplo gets a fastball from a left-handed pitcher. And he delivers it. To the home run porch out in left field for a walk-off home run. His second home run on the season. And what did I say? Just hit Luplo against lefties. Save him for lefties. He is that good against lefties. He is that 
bad against righties. But Luplo's the hero yesterday. As he was rounding second, he was doing the thing NFL running backs do where it's like, feed me more. I, I don't think Luplo should be doing that. I mean, Luplo is hitting... 194 on the season. I You struck out three times in the game. You probably shouldn't be taunting the other team with the feed me more thing. But whatever. He gets to celebrate because he got the walk-off winner. He was pumped up. And, uh, man, it's huge. The magic is in progressive field right now without any fans in the stands. It's kind of crazy. So two walk-off home runs in back-to-back nights. For the Indians, oh, man, MVP for the day. God, it's so I, – I got to give it to the guy who gets the walk-off home run. I wanted to give it to Tristan McKenzie for his two innings of relief, his first time ever being a relief pitcher in two innings, one hit, three strikeouts. Shane Bieber in five innings in his final start doesn't get the win. Five innings, two hits, one unearned run, three walks, and ten strikeouts. The win goes to Brad Hand. He has a clean inning with one strikeout. But how can I not give it to the guy who hits the walk-off home run, even though he struck out three times on the game leading up to that at-bat? He got it. He got the win for us. So, Luplo, you get MVP for a day. You and your 194 batting average. We have four guys on this team hitting under 200. Santana's at 197. Luplo in the starting lineup yesterday. Luplo is hitting 194. Roberto Perez is hitting 156. And Oscar Mercado is hitting 127. 127. Oh, my God. He has an OPS of 354. I mean, this is below replacement level. This is like, that's like, uh, you know, pack your suitcase and just just head home, man. That's, we, we all know Mercado can bounce back from this, right? Mercado has a future with this team but not hitting like this. Maybe the playoffs is what he needs. Maybe Mercado will be one of these guys that just languishes all season, and then suddenly in the playoffs, he's a playoff hero, right? I remember there, there's always a guy like that in the playoffs. I remember David Freeze for the Cardinals was a guy like that, where he wasn't a guy you would want on your fantasy team in the regular season. He's not an all-star, but suddenly in the playoffs, the dude turns into Babe Ruth. So who knows? Maybe Mercado will be the guy. He'll turn into a playoff hero, and we'll all end up celebrating this Oscar Mercado season instead of uh, uh, you know going uh, pulling at our collars when we look at the stats from this season. So um, there you go, Luplo MVP for a day. All right, looking at the pitches, I want to look at the pitch mixes from some of the Indians pitchers here because it's interesting. I love this count breakdown graphic that they have on StatCast. So it Shane Bieber actually starts with a lot of fastballs. He threw his fastball 14 times to start at bats, the curveball five times, and mixed in two cutters to start. When he gets behind in the count, when he starts going 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, when he starts mixing in the changeup. 3-1, a lot of changeups. Um, he still throws some fastballs. He throws a fastball on any count. He'll throw the curveball on any count. When he gets ahead, it's more and more curveballs. The fastballs and curveballs, definitely more curveballs when he starts to get ahead in the count. Um, Tristan McKenzie, a real interesting mix, starting off with the fastball and the slider. It was uh, three sliders to start. It was four fastballs to start. When he gets behind in the count, it's he's leaning on his fastball there. If he's 1-0, 2-0, 3-1, it's all fastballs. 
If he gets ahead, then he'll start to mix things up. Continues to mix in the slider, threw a couple of curveballs when he got ahead in the count. So that's the pitch mix from McKenzie. He's going to lean on that fastball when he gets behind. Whereas Shane Bieber will lean on his off-speed pitches a little bit when he gets behind. So that's interesting. That is pretty interesting stuff. For uh, Giolito, he is, you think it's change-ups, but he actually threw a slider a ton yesterday. I think it's because the Indians have seen that change-up, so maybe he wanted to give him a different look. But uh, for the strikeout, when it was 2-2, 3-2, definitely going to the changeup a lot. Uh, but mix, mixing up the first pitch, he threw, let's see here, 15 first-pitch fastballs, three first-pitch sliders, and six first-pitch changeups. So uh, when he gets behind in the count, he will go change or fastball. So yeah, so interesting. Interesting pitch mix there. Looking at, going back to the home pitchers here, looking at the um, pitch chart, Bieber was missing. Bieber was missing down and away with that curveball a lot. There were a lot of balls in the dirt that Roberto Perez had to block. Um, so, yeah. So, he was not – these guys were chasing. They were chasing that curveball. Hang on here a second. Let me go to pitch descript, pitch types. Yeah, there were a lot of curveballs down in the dirt here. However, However, he was getting – some swings and miss on that curveball. They swung 13 times at the curveball, whiffed six times on the curveball. They whiffed eight times on his fastball. Uh, that's pretty good. That's 46% of the swings were whiffs on his curveball. 40% of the swings on his fastball were whiffs. So he was getting some really good swing and miss on those pitches there. All right, so that's the pitch breakdown there for the Indians pitchers. The other thing I wanted to look at was, um, obviously, Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu are two guys who are in the conversation with Jose Ramirez for AL MVP, right? We talked about it. We've been talking about it all week because Jose Ramirez has just been winning game after game. So uh, what has Tim Anderson been doing this week? The Indians pitchers have really held him at bay. He's 2 for 13 in this series so far. No extra base hits, one run, no RBIs for him. So he's batting 154 for the series. His weighted runs created plus, WRC plus. Now, this is just for a three-day span where league average for this three days would be set to 100. He is at minus 22. Jose Abreu, over the same three-game span, he's actually only two for 13. He's only hitting 200. I mean, 13 plate appearances, technically not at bat. So obviously a walk would not count in the batting average here. So he's hitting 200. He's got a homer, though. He's got three runs scored, four RBIs in this three games so far. He's got a WRC plus of 110. What has Jose Ramirez done in this series? He's three in thir- three hits in 13 plate appearances. He's hitting 333 in this series with a double, two home runs, four runs scored, six RBIs. His weighted runs created plus, WRC plus, is at 301. So if the average baseball player over the last three days has, you know, whatever they've done, they'd be set to 100. Jose Ramirez is 301 compared to them in weighted runs created. That is, that's mind-bogglingly huge. That's a huge difference. I mean, over a very, very small sample size. So, uh, yeah, Jose Ramirez, it definitely, if you're looking for MVP of the series, it's definitely Jose Ramirez so far, and he is catching those guys. All right, what about Cy Young? It was Shane Bieber's final start of the season. 
we got to take a look at some of the pitching stats here. Does Shane Bieber have this locked up? And what about the NL? Let's look across Major League Baseball this time. Who's going to be the NL? Because Indians fans, it's probably someone you're pretty familiar with. Number one in ERA is Shane Bieber, 8-1 on the season, a 163 ERA. Coming in at second in probably his last start of the season, Trevor Bauer, 173 ERA for the Cincinnati Reds. Corbin Burns would come in next at 177. Those three guys are the only ones under one on their ERAs. Dallas Keuchel, who's pitching tomorrow today, who's pitching tonight against the Indians, is at 204. So depending what the Indians do to him today, he could finish below two with his ERA, or we can get that thing to climb a little bit. All right. Um, what about... Trevor Bauer does have two complete game shutouts, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, I believe that leads the league. Yeah, nobody else has thrown two shutouts, two complete game shutouts so far this season. So that is a pretty cool feather in Trevor Bauer's cap. Strikeouts, the only guys over 100 strikeouts on the season. Shane Bieber threw 122 strikeouts on the season. Trevor Bauer clocks in at 100. Giolito and probably his final start is at 97. I don't know if Garrett Cole or DeGrom are going to get another start. They're both at 94. Uh, Whip, walk, hits per inning pitched. Kenta Maeda is still leading this thing at 0.75. Trevor Bauer is second at 0.79. Shane Bieber is third at 0.87. Looking at some of the expanded stats, strikeouts per nine innings, as you can guess, it's, it's actually Tyler Glass now. Whoa, shocking surprise twist. It's Tyler Glass now who is leading. Obviously, he's had less starts um, than Shane Bieber. Yeah, he's faced almost 60 less batters. So he's at 14.28 strikeouts per nine. Bieber is at 14.20. Trevor Bauer is actually down at 12.33 in strikeouts per nine. Um, Yeah, there you go. And quality starts. Ready for this one. Quality starts. So this is a minimum of six innings pitched, three runs or less, qualifies you as a quality start. Shane Bieber leads the league with 10 quality starts. Lance Lynn also has 10. Trevor Bauer has 9. So there you go. Those are your pitching stats. I think it's pretty clear that Shane Bieber is definitely the American League Cy Young. And I got to give it to Trevor Bauer with the strikeouts, with the ERA, and with the two complete game shutouts. I think that's what puts him over the top compared to Darvish, compared to DeGrom, compared to some of the other guys in the National League. So... Even though Trevor Bauer's record is five and four, I would give him the NL Cy Young this year, and this year, and that's pretty cool, right? Former Cleveland Indian, two guys that have pitched on the same staff, probably are going to win the Cy Young in their respective leagues this year. All right, that's all my thoughts on the game. Coming up tonight, we've got another pitching duel, guys and girls. We've got Dallas Keuchel going against Zach Plesac. Is this your game two? Possible starters. Well, the Indians and the White Sox aren't matched up against each other anymore. So this may not be the matchup you see in game two of the wild card series, but I guarantee these two pitchers will both be pitching game two of that series. So we will see what Keiko and Plesak can do against each other. Plesak, by the way, even though he's not qualified probably because he didn't have enough starts for the Cy Young, he's four and two with a one eight five ERA. So he has a chance to finish the season under two for an ERA. That's pretty cool. So it is another pitcher duel tonight. Get ready. 
get ready for a low-scoring game and a lot of strikeouts. So, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's the Indians 3, the White Sox 2. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. You can hit me up on anything. If you want to argue for Jose Ramirez to win this, uh, the MVP, if you want to argue about Shane Bieber winning the Cy Young, if you want to tell me that Luplo should get a chance against right-handed batters, you can. Email, tweet, call in, whatever you want. Make your voice heard on this show. I welcome it all. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. <laughs>